Yeah, so thank goodness we got a late start and spent all that time leveling up. Right, because you were not ready for us to go into that city. Uh, that was a classic blunder by me. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Frostside Chat, our weekly live stream post-session discussion where we talk about what just happened during D&D. This is the chat for session 34. Not watched that session yet. Please go do that now because there will be spoilers. I am your DM, Eric, and joining me is Val Robbins, player Chris. Hello. Edmunds, player Raymond. Hello. So it's definitely the in-between filler episode. This is, this is the, like, we haven't done, we haven't done, like, like, character management and logistics like, in, we, like, we six blew, episodes. Yeah, we blew out a lot of <laughs> our budget and everything in that sequence, and uh, now we need to just take things back down. And we got to have an exposition episode. An we exposition episode, sitting yeah. In, sitting in a room, talking to each other, mm-hmm. saying things. Which I enjoyed. I think we always do those pretty well, and that's fun for me. Um, mm-hmm. and I like that we always do a level up as a big like. Okay, what do you do? What do you do? That's always fun. Yep. And the magic item thing was a big deal because you had yeah. So it, 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 oh, it yeah. needed a lot of we did we just spent a lot of time going through all the shit that had happened in Sunblight basically. Like all. I'm glad I made my list because no one had any real problems with it. No. I was like, all right. I think we, they just all collectively assume like you're going to organize this for us. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured out. <laughs> And honestly, you did a good job. I don't know if you intended this, but there were five big magic items and all of them kind of fit pretty well with the team. Like there was, there were ones that like, like the elven cloak, nobody but Thimbleweed had any use for that. Like no Mm. one else is going to try to stealth, right? Like that's that's kind of the, this a ranger thing. The arm is obviously just for Raymond. So that's, that's kind of a given. That was the only one that I, I really custom designed for somebody. Mm. And, and it felt um, good because it ended up being um, a, it, almost like a character arc reward because of all the work yeah. you put into Sunblight. Kind of like, kind of like uh, your your last campaign with the uh, George's stuff. Like George's had like items that were like his like specialty yeah. things, signature so, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ray always uses the magic items very well, so I always yeah. like making him. <laughs> it's a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> yeah, he made good use of them. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to input all that, but yep. That's true. It'll be, it'll be good. Uh, and then, like you said, the gauntlet has a charisma range attack, which is like, okay, no one else has really high charisma. So as... The other two, the other two were kind of a, a toss-up. I was like, okay, well, either... Honestly, the, the crown and the brace of defense could go to either one, to be honest, because they're both kind of frontline, yeah. you know, punchers. But I thought Celeste isn't surrounded by enemies as much because she's all hit and run. Uh, that's you know, true. She runs in, punches, and then runs back. Yeah. So that was my logic. The, uh, yeah, the cloak, the wand of web are, I think, the only ones that are in the book. And then a bunch of the treasure items, like the monetary stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, technically, the bracers, like, all of Valin's stuff is also in the book, but she's not even in Sublight. I, I put her there. So that was all stuff oh. that I added. So... In the book, you you meet her on the way back to Ten Towns. <laughs> and she's just like, hey, I'm an important NPC. I got a lot of stuff to tell you. And you're just like, all right, well, we're going to make this a little better. <laughs> well, then what's her backstory then in that scenario? Uh, same thing, but she just didn't hadn't been captured or attacked. So she's just wandering around and she's happened upon us? Yep. That's some bullshit. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. A lot of this book was like, oh, that's some bullshit. I'm going to fix it. <laughs> that's That was one of them. 
Um, so the consequence of that is it put her magic items that she just normally has on her that you might not even know she has. Suddenly I was like, oh, if she's captured, that means they're going to be in the vault of the Dwerger. And then because you're rescuing her, she'll be like, hey, I can give you these magic items. You know, obviously she wants her spellbook back. Mm -hmm. So basically I added those two. And then I also turned Zardarok's gauntlet and crown into magic items because I thought that was just a cool thing to do for... Uh, yeah, you know, just you get to loot. I, I always like that concept where you get to loot the, and you've done this too, where the boss does cool things and then you loot the boss. You're like, oh shit, here's the magic items that I can do these things. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've established the fact that you know Shardlin stuff is magical and powerful, but also has those interesting drawbacks. So they're mm -hmm. kind of like minor cursed items in that way. And then the prototype arm was the one that I custom made. What? I missed it. Did somebody take the gauntlet? Uh, uh Kristen. Yeah. That, that was the one that was a charisma range attack, and no yeah. one else is like charisma based. And I'm like, all right, well, that's that's me. It's literally just Eldritch Blast, basically. Is what I yeah. copied from. If you notice, a lot of my shit is very rarely like completely original. But what I'll do is I'll I'll pick and choose and gather shit from other stuff, and then create right. something out of that as a baseline. Yeah. For mechanics, which might be great for that because it's a lot of the stuff's yeah. already there. Exactly. So, uh, to answer your question, no, it was not my intention to have a bunch of items that were uh, designed for everybody except for the, the prototype arm. That was the only one that I specifically did. Otherwise, I just made the crown and the gauntlet because he had that stuff as part of his, like, character design. I thought, okay, I'm just going to... I gave him these... Uh, he's He already had the... I think he had the Shardlin Blast as an attack. And then I gave him that Psychic Rebuke ability as an additional thing um, to kind of help balance him and make him stronger. <laughs> Although I ended up killing Celeste and, and downing Prey, so <laughs> might have got a little bit too strong there, but hey. <laughs> um, so I turned those into magic items, and then, yeah, the party. That's true. They don't expect y'all to have that split party. I've been wanting to say it, but it's it's kind of like Celeste's own downfall to have that ability to keep like running and hiding, you know? Mm -hmm. Ran away. All of that. Herself, yeah, right? that's true. She, she, she got surrounded and down, attacked, and then went back. Yeah, but that caused her to be by herself yep. when the two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Dangerous. I don't know if she still would have survived if she had stayed up there because there were there were plenty of enemies to go around. But yeah, but you're right. Um. So enough about some like. Um. The obviously I can't talk too much about the dragon attack because that's still forthcoming. Um, what I spent most of my time prepping this week, I spent a lot of time working out the time details because all of that is actually in the book. It specifically says the dragon takes this many hours to get to this town. It does this much damage and in this much time, and then it takes this much time to get to this town. It does this much damage in this much time. It is very meticulously organized in that way. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I can kind of work with this, and then based on the players, I can actually kind of have the dragon track and move, and that becomes this interesting strategy for the players to make these decisions. What I need to realize, though, is... you. you <laughs> I can't just uh, assume you guys are going to go one area and prep that area. I have to like, oh, shit, that's right. You guys could actually just jump ahead several towns mm, and just yeah. choose, like, oh, maybe we could cut the dragon off at the pass. Um, so I should have worked on prepping East Haven. Instead, what I did is I spent time prepping Dugan's Hole and Goodmead, thinking you guys would at least initially try to follow the dragon's path to see if you can, like, catch it or warn people or do whatever. 
Instead, you guys actually hilariously correctly assumed, oh, this dragon's a lot faster than us. We're never even going to have any success yeah. at doing solar good meat, so we might as well just get up to East Haven. So that was, it was, a, the math. it was a Mark, good... Heather did the math and was like, okay, we don't yeah. actually save any time by going to Dugan's Hole. Well, no, you don't, and, but I, I had just assumed you guys were going to try to do the hero thing. Like, oh, we should try to go save people. And Well, I think we also all assumed that a jet a jet dragon <laughs> is faster than our carriage. Yeah, so maybe I, I played my hand too much with that, where I was like, this thing is so fast, and went ahead, you guys were like, oh, well, fuck, those, those places are fucked. So I thought initially it was going to be a shock for you guys to roll up on, I can go ahead and spoil a little bit of that, I guess. To roll up on Dugan's hit, uh, Dugan's hole, and have it be just literally, like you said, a post-apocalyptic oh, yeah. destruction. And um, I was still gonna have things for you to do there, but uh, that would have been—I thought—the big shocking moment. And you're like, "Oh man, we gotta we gotta roll ahead and, and try to get ahead of it now, and you'll move through like good mean and all that." That's happened to me before too, where like yeah. I, I have the, I have this idea of something that I think is gonna surprise you guys. And you're just ahead of me. You're just like, like, oh, of course, this is going to happen next. So we need to do this. Yeah. Like, shit, well, the happen next thing was supposed to be a surprise. Yeah. But, yeah. But you guys just know stories well enough that you know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, funny enough, it was it was a good move on, y- on y'all's part. It was the correct move. Um, it, it was good for you and bad for me, basically, because it means I, I had some, I thought, interesting content to throw at you. Um, yeah. Mainly for, as I mentioned, post-dragon stuff, and now you're jumping ahead to, oh, current dragon stuff. So now you get to deal with the, it's still a town in crisis and being destroyed, but the dragon's there now. And I did have important stuff to do in East Haven, but I didn't have quite the, the, you know, literal stuff. I didn't have maps or anything, for example, so like, I, you know, I wanted to have some of that thrown in there. But I did tease the kind of events that I did have planned, which is going to involve dealing with Ravison again and and trying to figure out what's, what's going on in... Uh, East Haven so in other words I did assume you guys were going to East Haven at some point I did have that planned I just didn't specifically have um, events dialogue all that stuff prepped for East Haven yet Mm-hmm. And what's funny is at one point Reese was like, "Oh, we should, you know, we go to Dugan's Hole and we do that first And I was thinking like, "Okay, yes, we're back on." And then Heather was like, "No, no, we need to go here because this is the more proper way." And I was like, "Shit, we're back off." <laughs> so I'm just—you could probably watch my emotions play out during this discussion. I mean, of like, there was that—that's one of those moments where it's like, it's very much. I, I love those moments where yeah. the players players debating amongst themselves like, it's yeah what is the right choice here like which what, is what nice. Do do? I, I do like to give that option to the play. I mean, it's always hard. Um, especially on roll twenty, because you have to have all this extra, you know, physical, vi- visual prep work, and that's not physical, but you know. Um, but you do like to give that sense of the players are making choices, and then the DM is having to react to those versus the yeah. DM just throwing linear things at you. You know, it's the de- the definition of railroading. So I appreciate that this was a case of like, uh, like no, we don't want to go to do. We can just go to you know East Haven and try to get ahead of it. Um, and I, that's a fair choice, and you totally. Would do that and did do that. The unfortunate part is we're playing on roll twenty and I didn't have any like things yeah. prepped for that moment. So right. thankfully we ended up taking extra long for the leveling up and the magic items and just chatting it up, which I did have thankfully the dialogue prep for Valid, which ended up being a pretty big discussion of oh, uh, yeah. very important plot points, which this was tricky because it's always awkward to have a NPC just give this big exposition info dump. And yeah. I pulled it back from what she knows and tells you all from the book, even. It is so awkward in the book that this NPC just shows up out of the blue 
and tells you everything else, the entire, everything left in the campaign. She just tells you. It's like and, in a movie or a TV show where the, the character starts talking and the camera pans out and it fades to a flashback or like a montage and she just gives a 10 minute long yeah, like, kind of. speech in the third age. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, I don't want to do it. Like, first of all, yeah, I made the change, but Blood and Sunblight, which I think worked better. And it's always more interesting that way. And yeah, you know, I think that worked out well. And then I, I, I can't talk about a whole lot, but I made the arcane brotherhood a more, integral part of this campaign because I thought that was a very interesting angle. Okay. And instead of Valen knowing absolutely everything that's going on, she only knows the very beginning part of this investigation that she started. Oh. So, uh, that's the information you got, basically. You got the... Conf- so you're, you're waiting to dole out more information as we get farther along. Right, and it's not even a question of that she's holding back. It's like, no, this is just as far as I got before I was captured. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, here's the first step of this, um, what's going to become basically our next main quest chain, because obviously the Dwarger threat's basically done. You're just doing the dragon thing here. Mm-hmm. But essentially, which I need to add that as an official... Uh, quest, I guess, or maybe a rumor and lead, is to follow up on what she was talking about because that is kind of where it's going. And this is what I talked about way back in the pre-campaign prep thing, which is like, you don't even know what the main quest is necessarily when you start this campaign. Unlike Tomb of Annihilation, where at the very beginning of the session, it was like, hey, the death curse is happening and you guys got to go investigate that and figure out where it is. And it was a very simple main quest thing where it's just like... We knew, we knew, and Tomb, we knew about the Lich like immediately, didn't we? We knew about his existence anyway. Yeah, yeah, that was like a cutscene at the beginning. Yeah, you yeah. know all that. Yeah, whereas this time, it's really just, you know, you go around 10 towns, you're helping people, and then there's the Dwerger thing becomes the main quest for a while, which is cool because it's got its own little, you know, climax and everything. And then, uh, in, in the book, you just meet this NPC. He's like, okay, here's the here's the rest of the campaign. But here I'm like, no, we're going to turn this into like a full-on, like, okay, you got to go through a quest chain of events yeah. that's going to dole out the information and you're going to learn things and we're going to introduce um, potential villains that I've mentioned in this backstory about Nas Lantamir and Valish Gaunt and all this interesting situations where, um, you know, one of them is... Uh, you're not sure one of them is. The other one is presumably still at the at this prison, Revel's End. Um, and then you've got this initial hook to go to Bryn Shander and uh, investigate, which is you're getting this a quest, but at the same time, you've got this active threat of the dragon yeah. going around. So, like, any yeah. quests I give you, like, even if, uh, Raymond, if you had, um, you know, uh, finished unlocking Zahn's journal and gotten that next quest chain... You, you still get that quest, but, like, you're still actively dealing with this immediate threat. So I'm, of course, assuming you guys are still dealing with the active dragon threat, and then... Oh, dragon, yeah. Yeah, and then after that, which you also have that... I think you have the Dark Duchess quest, too, from Spellix, uh, which is to go to the pirate ship treasure, I believe. We'd have to go over that one again. That was a couple sessions ago. <laughs> I forgot about that, but yes. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. another... Yeah, we'll have to go over our side quest. But, yeah, so obviously you've got... The dragon is, like, your immediate threat. Um, but yeah, so I'm giving you some quest old out. There was an interesting, um, I guess I won't spoil too much of that, but I'll just tease the fact that I was going to have another, throw another quest at you that was going to deal with, um, uh, Celeste's story, but because A, 
uh, refusing of the Mind Flayer, which I forgot to even mention what happens with it. I guess you don't really know. You never <laughs> dealt with him, so he's just gone somewhere. Uh, and B, the fact she fucking died <laughs> means that well, I'm putting that one on the back burner for now. And uh, introduce it somewhere. To, which, you know, thankfully it's a case where obviously a lot of these locations on the map you guys don't see. They're on the GM layer, and I can move them around as quickly and easily oh, as I yeah. need. Like, oh, it's yeah. really over here. We need to go. So what... I, mean, I don't know if you can talk about it now because you're going to move it around, but what what is is there any fallout to that mind flayer? Um, I guess it's up to me. I guess I can still okay. choose if I want to make that a reoccurring thing or you kind of forgot about it. We we left. And yeah, I and know. I talked about that in crafting where this is that's one of those things where. You know, whether it's a magic item or an NPC or something, you know, as a DM, you're just kind of throwing darts at the board, seeing what sticks. And sometimes stuff works really well and your players pick up on it and they use it or they interact with it a lot. Again, whether it's a magic item or an NPC or a, or a quest chain or some RP thing they do, or it gets forgotten about, put on the back burner and it doesn't really become a big thing. And I feel like the Mind Flayer was the latter. It just kind of you yeah. know, was introduced and nobody really wanted to deal with it or, you know, advance that story or anything. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kind of back off on that and i'll you know i try to tease him a few times in like a next session but then i was like nobody's really wanting to engage so that's that's one of those interesting things where like you introduce a, a, a concept but a, the player from the character standpoint does not want to engage yeah They're just like from my Which, character does not you know what that reminded me of i mentioned this in, in the crafting stream i was talking about that in Storm King's Thunder, you offered Kazan like some artifact that was from like the Kraken Society, I and my character like was. smashed it on the ground or something, and that was supposed to be like I a was, magic I item was for me. Fucking shocked! Yeah, man. I was like, I was like, holy shit! This is like his reward for the entire yeah. quest chain. And he just broke it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of, though. It's because like no, my character, yeah. like I, as a player, I obviously, I'm like, oh, I should take this reward because it'd be a cool magic item. But as yep. a character, I was like, no, I don't want anything yeah. to do with that. Like, it's going to be tainted yeah. and all this shit. So, so yeah, I, I appreciate when somebody does it that way. And it's just mm -hmm. like, all right, well, I have to, you know, come up with another avenue yeah. to do that. Yep. Which that Mind Flayer is, is written in the story. So it's not like I just came up with that idea to have oh, that okay. thing in there. It's actually in there. I did come up with the idea to tie it more into, obviously, her whole situation, right. her backstory. But uh, that is a character that's in some blame. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I mentioned with the with the dragon timing, um, hilariously, because I assumed whatever events you didn't do in Toll and Goodmead weren't going to take like you know hours and hours. You know, it because you know it's a weird time distillation thing where once you're traveling, time is going very 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 quickly. But when you're like, yeah. you know, walking through a town or or even talking to people, like it's we're talking about minutes, not hours. So I literally had it planned where it's like if you guys had arrived in Goodmead, basically the dragon was at East Haven at that point. Yeah. So, and it's there for a while. I won't reveal how long because you're still there, but it's by the time, even so, in other words, if you guys had made it to Good Dugan's Hole and then gone to Goodmead and then gone to East Haven, you would have still basically reached the dragon. Um, at uh, it probably would have been a little bit later the point you're at now. So, right. it didn't necessarily change my plans in terms of I, you know, I calculated the math. I'm like, all right, if they're going straight to East Haven, the dragon is still going to be at East Haven because it's already gotten that far. Which, yeah, based on that time frame, you can calculate, oh, shit, yeah, this thing is going pretty quick. But I will say, Dugan's Hole and Goodmead are relatively tiny towns. East Haven is not. East Haven is a pretty big-sized uh, area. Yeah. So it might, 
obviously spend more time at, at those big towns versus the small ones. Right. But it is a construct, and it does not need to... <laughs> it's just gonna, it's just gonna it never stops all. yeah 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 so i'm interested to see you know how you guys respond to that um it i don't know how we're gonna fight it to be honest i was like i was thinking about i've it. got plans for that but okay yeah which that's partly why i'm glad you guys at least went to east haven first and because i could do this but yeah i've got i've got some cool plans for that um because yeah obviously I've read, I've read about this before and i i've never had the balls to do it but I, I've read things about this where it's like, you know, flying like like a dragon or other flying creatures. Like, what is their best strategy? Yeah, never land. You just if fly. Never land. Never never come into contact with the enemy where they where they, where they could attack you. Yeah. Just do your rain shit from from afar yeah. until they're dead. And just like, well, I I get that that well, makes the most sense, but that is not fun. <laughs> I'll say this: it depends because, and I talked about this in crafting. Um, I pulled this off one time in Tomb of Annihilation, spoiler for our Tomb of Annihilation campaign, when you guys were on the ship and you were making it around the coast oh, towards yeah. the jungle and that red, and you guys were going to a mine that a, a dragon had taken over and that dragon came out and we never even went into combat. That dragon just started yeah. breathing fire and basically doing what this one is now. We're just doing these strafing runs and it just turned into this kind of disaster environmental hazard thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that is one angle. That is, but th 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 in that scenario, though, you're not trading like a combat encounter that they're going to win. Correct. You're treating it like a, Correct. Like a disaster. So like foreshadow for potentially uh, <laughs> what you guys might be dealing with. Uh, I'm not going to stop if you guys you know, try to do something, but yeah. if you don't see this thing landing, you might have a clue that like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. This is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I will say the next suggestion will be, or the next thing I'll have to learn is, if you guys are going to go to Bryn Shander after this or try to continue or try to follow the dragon's path, it sounds like you guys are just try to go to Bryn Shander, which, um, yeah, that, you know, that information would help me plan. Although we may end up spending an entire session at East Haven, actually, now that I think about it. Depends on what's, what's happening in East Haven. Yeah, I'll come up with more yeah. shit for you guys to do. Well, especially since we, <laughs> especially since we skipped, uh, Dugan's Hole and Goodmead. Yeah. Um, I might have to expand on yeah. what I had planned for East Haven for sure. Uh, anything else about this awkward session of mostly, mainly leveling up and getting story exposition and yeah, everything else? Uh, so, I don't know talking about levels at all. I, I, the, only, the, only, the only really like outside the box one was Heather's. Yeah, going into multiclassing. Going into level of fighter, which was she only told me that surprising. tonight. Yeah, where she was like, you know, I, I was thinking about multiclassing into fighter, and I was like, that makes a lot of sense because I don't think. Uh, there's a whole lot of like level 20 barbarians, for example, like it, fighters is such a good dip for marshals yeah. because it front loads a lot of really good shit. I didn't know that they had those cool fighting styles with the, uh, the combat maneuvers. Tasha's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know a lot of the new Tasha's stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know that either. So yes. that, that's pretty fun to take that as like a level one. You become like, it's, it's like a soft like multi-class into like the, the, whatever the maneuver Battle one is. Battlemaster. Battle Master. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it basically just like for a level you get like what amounts to like kind of a class, oh, not a level class, a race ability. It's like the you get one, yeah, one time like one time per long rest like ability. That it's a short do. rest. Oh, is it really? I look, yeah, okay. I looked at it. It's actually you, yeah, you only have the one dice, but you get it back on a short rest. Okay. Same okay. with second wind is obviously short rest based. So yeah, so you get one short rest. 
special attack that you can do. Yeah. So it's just like, like another special thing that you can do. Yeah. So she kind of just replaced that with what she would have got from Barbarian, which is another rage. The other, yeah, the level, her her next uh, path feature ability, which I thought was really cool, but is not a necessarily combat related, which is that you gain, you choose every short rest to either gain like a super jump or breathing and swimming underwater or climbing and hanging on walls like Spider-Man. So you get a lot well, of these cool, about, yeah, ex- okay. and yeah, yeah. kind of like uh, what the Ranger got, but even like a better version of that because she's like literally yeah. can hang on walls and yeah, do all this. So it's not a neat, but um, yeah, taking that. It does sound fighter. like it does sound like she made the right choice for her character. Yeah, her character is not the traversal character. Right, it's very much like, like yeah, powerful combat. Yeah, battles. Yeah, and even just one fighter dip. I mean, that's pretty solid. So yeah, exactly. There are yeah, there are feats that do that. That's a good point. Um, in fact, I looked the way they did feats is a lot of feats are like soft multi classes. I mean, there's a feat. I think I did this with my Kenku character. Is uh, like you can just be, you can gain a spell, you can gain like one spell or something like a oh, first yeah. level spell just by taking a feat. So, yeah, the, the way they do feats for a lot of them are like a soft multi class. You don't have to necessarily right. multi class, but you have to spend a feat to be able to get that ability. Mm-hmm. Which I think Battlemaster is a really fun one, either the feat or the level one fighter dip, or even going to three, just to get those extra maneuvers and things you can do during combat rather than just like yeah. I swing my weapon. Yep. I mean the the big one for. Fighter is if she goes one more, right? One more action is surge, action surge, which yeah. is a huge fucking thing. That's that's why with my first character with Kalinar, that's why I went fighter with him, is because like you you I had like I don't know how many paladin levels, but mm. um, then you get action surge. It's like oh oh wait, I get two two fucking actions and suddenly a big. It's real good. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that initial fighter, and it, you guys like oh, I got a third level, and I get my subclass of fighter. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, artificer level six sounds cool. You can make like actual cool like magic items now with a fucking homunculus and stuff. Yeah, seems pretty yep. neat. And you immediately used it to send a warning message. So that's to... that's a big deal. I'm gonna have to track and and see. Uh, somehow try to calculate <laughs> um how much distance this thing can make and and what kind of i mean i don't know what is okay let's do the, let's do the math well I, i'm not i'm not gonna do the math <laughs> i'm not gonna try <laughs> to do the math but hopefully somebody will help figure it out 30 30 feet every six seconds mm-hmm. just 30 feet in a turn can it dash i mean i guess um... i guess if it spends its entire time dashing i suppose it could I mean, I would have to use a bonus action to give it an action. Oh, it's, oh okay. okay. So otherwise, it it's just dash. It just has then. So, how many seconds are there in an hour? Uh, what is that? Jesus Christ! Sixty seconds in a minute. I'm sure, if you Google so, search it, you can figure out how far can somebody in whatever so, thirties be. So, thirty times ten would be how how long how far it can go in a, in a minute. So we can go 300 feet in a minute <laughs> times 60, which is how many minutes are in an hour. It can go 18,000 feet. 18,000? I think 1,800. 18,000? 30. No, yeah. 300 times 60. 300 times 60? Is, is 18,000. Jesus. Yeah, but how many miles is that? That's a little bit how, many, how, many, how many feet are in a mile? 
I'll I'll divide it. Uh, hundred eighty. Is that the number? Beat I feel like I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> there are five thousand two hundred and twenty. I would. Never it's funny as I've got there. an almost fifth grader, so you'd think I would know a lot of this like fact shit, but it's just random information okay. I have. So divided by five thousand two hundred twenty feet in a mile, it is going. <laughs> this is the three... best frostside chat ever. <laughs> It is going 3.4 miles per hour. Ha! Wow, that's impressive. So about as fast as you guys. A little bit yeah. faster, I guess. That, that's how that's how fast 30 feet up per round Assuming is. it never slows stops. down, never stops, yeah. never changes course, all that. Right, and he can go straight, like he can fly. So right, obviously, it can go over terrain. Oh, yeah, so not impeded by terrain, but possibly impeded by weather. all right know. well that's you, you haven't you haven't told us what the dragon's move speed or fly speed is no i have not <laughs> <laughs> i will say it is much better than 30 feet but the fucking jet engine that you described is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i saw that speed i was like oh shit okay yeah i mean it, it's the important but, thing to realize you know, it's not a living creature like the, yeah the bring shander is like the end of its past so presumably at least you know the homunculus will get there in some... That's the cool information you guys have. Yeah, you know, like, okay, we're at East Haven, but even when it leaves East Haven, it's not going to Bryn Shander. You know that it's going up to Caradineval, Caraconig, going all the way over to Tourmaline. Like, it's going to go all around here. So, yeah, if you guys... If it leaves and you guys go to Bryn Shander, even though it takes you, you know, a couple hours to get there, I'm fairly... I'm 90% sure, I have to check my notes again, that you guys would be able to reach before... Uh, so you guys would actually have a chance at pre-dragon adventures at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is what we thought we were gonna get here at East Haven. Right. We thought we were gonna get we're gonna get, we're gonna be able to like show up and yeah. like prepare for the dragon's arrival. Yeah. So the idea is I wanted to yeah. you know there's enough uh, content here. I was like okay I can I can have some post dragon stuff and then some current dragon stuff. Yeah. Um, with the assumption that you guys will probably do a big final thing in Bryn Shander. And then some, maybe even some pre-dragon stuff if you guys choose to go to Bryn Shander, um, you know, and not follow the dragon around. But the only thing is now you guys basically skipped the post-dragon stuff because skip, yep. skipping Dugan's Soul and Goodmead. Unless for some reason you guys decide to chase after the dragon, in which case you'll probably, st I mean, I don't think you'll ever be able to catch it. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what we, I mean, what we see in terms of what, how fast the dragon goes, all that. But yeah, we could probably put, put two and two together and figure out that like, hey, this thing's going to. <laughs> just, just jet engine away and yeah. laser the next town. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenging thing. I've got some fun ideas for it um, that are very much not in the book. Um, this is an entire chapter. It's only like ten pages long, and most of it is like here is exactly what the dragon does and all that. So yeah, I'm gonna add in some more interesting things that are gonna happen that you guys can deal with and interact with. Uh, anything else about this session? I'll say it's it's a tough situation for players because it is it it even though you didn't think we would you know do that it is a situation where you're immediately faced with the hey people are gonna die so we have to like make like like cut our losses decisions yeah. you know like like pretty quickly yeah and I think we got to that faster than you thought we were gonna get to that but we got to that really quick where it's like I, hey people are gonna die this is just this I is just, <laughs> I should have presumed. I was like, oh, that's a, I know who my players are. 
Yeah. I was I remember crafting. I was thinking like, oh, this is gonna be a good chance to be heroes. I'm gonna try to save people because a lot of D and D is just going through dungeons and fighting monsters and hack and slash and getting loot, which is all fun. I enjoy that too. Yeah. But I do like the chance when you can actually, you know, be heroes and save people and rest and do like feats of heroism. Mm. And this whole chapter is a good chance for that. And then your first decision is like, all right, fuck those two towns. They're gone. Yeah. But <laughs> Let's what, go what's one. interesting is that you, it was just sort of like, like pushing ahead that, that decision point, because from what I'm understanding, we're going to have to make that same kind of decision shortly here of like, yeah. Oh, the cities ahead of uh, uh, wherever we're at, East Haven, yeah. are gonna or we're, we're gonna have to say, "Oh, they're fucked. We got to move on." Right. We just we just got there faster than he thought we would get there. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another yeah. That's another decision you have to make. And I'll try to I'll prep for that at least. So I'll you know that mm-hmm. way you guys have the options of okay, do we want to chase after it? So I need to prep that information, or do you want to just go straight to Brinchander? Either way, um, we could easily spend probably a whole session in East Haven. So that's mainly what I'll obviously be working on. Yeah. Prepping. Yeah. Just look at, look at making East Haven. If we go next week, like I said, I, I'm, if, if we can, if we can get a, maybe a one shot organized or something, we could do I'm, that. I'm all, I'm all for Heather doing another one shot. I'd be fascinating to see what her one shots, you know, yeah. what her one shots look like. We haven't, we've only had the one. So yeah, that'd be cool. I'll, yeah. So I'll, I'll ask and see just cause we know that uh, we're going to be down two players for next week. And we have that kind of forewarning. We can start maybe doing something else. Yeah. All right. I think that, and I'll give everybody heads up on that as soon as possible because obviously we want to be able to prep that if that's going to happen. So that will do it for this week's Frostside Chat. Thank you to Chris and Raymond. I'm Eric. Thank you to all you wonderful fans for watching, and we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.